true crime podcast where best friends and next door neighbors, Willow and Lillian, spill the tea on murder, mysteries, and other things that go bump in the night. So get your favorite teacup ready and let's get into it. Welcome to Cruelty Podcast. This is Lillian, and with me is Maris. Hello. Because it's Maris Monday. Yeah. Uh, you might have noticed we didn't have an episode Thursday. Sorry about it. Our cat got sick, nearly died. Yeah, but she's okay now. But she's fine now. Thank you for everybody for your nice messages. I appreciate them. Uh, so moving on. This uh-huh. is like a combo episode of oh. two things. You know, we have our horrible history uh-huh. and horny history. Yeah. This is horrible and horny history together. Oh, oh dang. That's, that's not the combo meal I was hoping for. No, and it fits in with this month's theme, yeah? which is cults. Oh. So, yeah, we got it all today. Ah. And now, normally on Maris Monday, we don't do trigger warnings, but, mm. but we got some today. Oh, okay. Yeah, we do. So we have a trigger warning for sexual assault, possible child sexual assault, bestiality, uh-huh. addiction drug use uh-huh. and the involuntary committing of a person oh boy to like a mental health hospital yeah so that's all of our listeners they they all are triggered now <laughs> no i mean seriously uh i don't get too much into the really bad stuff but i am just mentioning it and if this isn't for you click away yeah click away for your own mental health so like i said we're combining the horny and horrible and rolling it all up into one guy. Mm. The father of the modern occult, Alistair Crowley. Oh, boy. A truly horny and despicable weirdo. Yeah. This will be fun and alternatively unfun. Mm. So with all of that out of the way, who the fuck is Alistair Crowley? The average person probably has no clue, but without him, our view of the occult and maybe even the world as it stands today would probably be totally different. He popularized Western esotericism, especially in the 1960s, and influenced modern Satanism as well. Oh, boy. Along with a whole bunch of other fucking cults. Yeah. So let's talk about this giant turd, shall we? Yeah. Crowley was born Edward Alexander Crowley at 30 Clarendon Square in Royal Leamington Spa, Warwickshire. So it's not even his real name? No. Uh, and he was born on October 12th, 1875. Edward is not a cool name. No. No. Eddie. He changed it. It could have been Eddie Crowley. It could have been. So, hey, cisgender people out there, do you have a name that you think is dumb and bad? You can change it. You yeah. don't have to be trans to change it. No. Here's another fun fact. Maris, what's your middle name? Oh, Alistair. <laughs> Hell yeah. Not after this guy. No. No, it's just a cool name. I just went with the first one. Yeah, I think Alistair sounds like a handsome Victorian librarian man. Well, that's my first name is Handsome Librarian Man. Yeah, that that you want to bring home and feed soup to. Yeah. 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 Ladies will know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah. So his parents were fervently religious. His father had just retired from, like, when Alistair was born, from a successful distillery business, right? Yeah. He gave up on this business, not but for religious reasons, though it, sources online will say so. He g- gave it up because he just made a ton of money and didn't want to work anymore. I feel huh? that. I feel that. But he did think drinking was a sin, and oh. so was eating slightly too much, or wearing nice clothes, or oh. spending money ever. Oh, man, the eating too much. I'm, I'm sinning. I'm sinning, except in the money part. Yeah. I don't have enough money to sin. Or nice clothes. I don't have that. Everything that was fun was a sin. So he gave up his business and became a preacher for the fundamentalist Christian group called the Plymouth Brethren. Mm. Alistair was raised to believe that human beings only existed to serve God. Uh, I mean, it sounds kind of boring, I'll be honest. I know. These teachings were pounded into the young boy pretty much from birth. Excess was frowned upon. Drinking, eating too much, spending money, whatever. Thus, his childhood was very boring and very strict. Right. During his childhood, Alistair idolized his dad. He wanted to grow up and be just like him. He wanted to become a preacher. 
for the well that did not work out yeah we're from the future yeah i'm from the future and i can tell alistair that uh, you did the opposite of your dad pretty much well i think it's kind of sad the reason why we'll get to it in a minute okay but so alistair was like really an obedient child kind of a suck-up kid Mm -hmm. he was very very into impressing his parents and so he started studying his bible real hard instead of like going out and playing with other kids naturally this made him the target of all the bullying in the Mm -hmm. world yeah (laughs) he if they had had lockers back then he'd have been shoved into them right he was shoved in an old-timey locker yeah, just for being a nerd yeah, and for being a mama's boy and all that stuff. Not a mama's boy, but, you know, a suck up to his parents. Right. He was just mercilessly bullied. Tragically, Alistair's father died when he was only 11 years old from tongue cancer. Not his father, but Alistair's dad died. Oh, the grandpa. The grandpa. That's not the, the grandpa, his father. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm just not Alistair's smart. daddy, when he was 11 years old, when died. Alistair was 11, yeah. his father died. Okay. He had tongue cancer. God. Yeah, sucks. probably smoking or something. Crowley maintained his admiration for his father up until his death. Mm-hmm. He called him his friend and his hero. Oh. And I think if we want to know why he parted ways with traditional religion, mm-hmm. that's why. Because his dad died? I think, well, because, okay, so after his dad dies, uh-huh. he's left with his mother who was never, she was very emotionally cold yeah and you know very religious and she restricted his eating a lot wow that's fucked up to the point where alistair was very sickly yeah very weak and doctors told her he was just gonna die yeah quit starving your kid that's fucked up that happened a lot in victorian times yeah uh but his uncle stepped in and he was like hey what the boy needs it's is food fresh air and the country you know his dad lived... just died and you're starving him yeah there's that and so alistair's mother let the uncle take him to his home in the countryside where alistair got to run around and play and climb mm-hmm. mountains and, and eat not be food. a sickly little boy yeah but his so he lived there till he was like 15 he lived there for like four years and when he turned 15 he was robust and healthy once more but his uncle All that food yeah his uncle just still believed he was going to die because the doctor said so. Mm-hmm. And he decided it was really important that Alistair get all of his experiences in before he kicked the bucket. Okay, this so does he, sound ominous. It, it's not great. So he takes him to pubs and gets him just fucking shit-faced all the time. Uh-huh. And he hires him prostitutes. You don't do that for a 14-year-old, sir. 15, Whatever. yeah. Yeah, you don't. It's really gross. That's weird. It's not any good. His uncle reasoned that since the doctor said he would die young, he needed to, you know, get laid. Yeah. I don't think so. Yucky. So when his health improved so much that he was no longer ill, Alistair was sent back to live with his mother. Mm -hmm. But now he was a teenager and he had banged and drank and wasn't in the mood for all of her strict religious rules. Oh, he's seen the dark side. He has. He blamed the religious order for, like, ruining his mother and father, basically, uh-huh. and for nearly killing him. Uh, and he called them all a bunch of sadists. I mean, yeah. Fair. Kinda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, you're, when your religion is getting you to starve your kids. Yeah. As I a result, mean. Alistair rejected his religious upbringing and the religious teachings of the Plymouth Brethren, like, entirely. He no longer wanted to be a preacher. He hated the idea of sinfulness in general mm-hmm. over just being a human being. And he kind of had a little secret. What, what? Well, he was bisexual. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And well, that, according to the Bible, was an abomination. And he thought that was dumb. And I mean, I agree with him. On I mean, that. yeah, you're ahead of your times, buddy. And he just kind of like... I don't know. He really started loving the idea of pissing his mom off. Uh, that's taking it a bit far. Just, you know. Yeah. Oh, he takes it way too far. Okay. Like with everything he does. He takes okay. it too far and too horny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's so inappropriate. So they had a maid in mm-hmm. their house and he seduced the maid and banged her in his mom's bed. How old was he? Uh, that I don't know. I don't know. the. Ex- I'm going to say like 16, 17. <sighs> Don't be doing the maid. Don't be doing the maid. So the maid was fired. Yeah. And when it got out why she was fired, it ruined her reputation because this is Victorian England. Yeah. 
And so she had no other choice but to make ends meet by becoming a sex worker. Mm. And Alistair later goes on to write about this woman. And he says that she, this is so dumb. He says she was Jack the Ripper's first victim. Okay. And that he knew Jack the Ripper personally because uh-huh. Jack the Ripper was into the occult. I don't know, because didn't a lot of people hang out with Aleister Crowley? <laughs> he's hung out with people you wouldn't think he's hung out with. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I do give a big, I don't fucking know. I doubt it. I really doubt it, because I'm sure he's also, you know, the type of guy that spins a yarn. So Oh, he do spin a yarn. But the thing is, is it's like his life was just literally so nuts that yeah. it's hard to know when he's lying right. and when he's being truthful. Right, like an L. Ron Hubbard or something. Funny, he comes up in this as well. Oh, dang. Yes. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Oh. This is going to, you're, why are you psychic all of a sudden again? I don't mean to. It's so weird. You're Ugh. ruining it. Okay. So, basically, his mom was just like, my son is the beast. Well. The beast 666 from Revelation. She thought her son was the Antichrist. She might be onto something. Well, Alistair loved this shit. He mm. ate it right on up, and he henceforth called himself the Beast. Okay. Up until his death. Well, geez, calm down, guy. He can't. He figured if he had to commune with the devil in order to have a good time, then so be it. He would. Okay. And, you know, he got in trouble at school. Mm-hmm. And it's just where we, he just loved, like, lying mm-hmm. and conning people and kind of he had like a cult of personality he was very charming and not a bad looking dude when he was young i've only seen pictures of him looking like a weirdo oh well i mean yeah there's a few pictures of he looks like a weirdo but a kind of a handsome weirdo you i can don't see think it. he's handsome at all have you seen his youthful pictures no i've only seen pictures of him with triangles on his head okay well he was very old when he did that okay god damn maris yeah I'm glad you don't want to fuck Aleister Crowley. No, I don't want to. Yeah. So he spoke of his childhood as a battle for his eternal soul between God and the devil. He said that in that struggle, there was a victor. But which one? God or the devil? Who knows? He didn't know. And he would spend the rest of his life fucking around and finding out. Yeah. I'm going to go with devil on this. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, just saying. After high school, Crowley went to Cambridge. There, he introduced himself to his fellow students as Alistair Crowley, Uh because that's what he liked. It sounds cooler. It does. He did okay there and won a lot of chess tournaments, because of course he did. And that's where he fell in love for the first time with a fellow student, Herbert Jerome Pollitt. All right. He was bisexual, and Herbert was a drag queen. And Alistair was, like, really wild about him. Like, he sent him a lot of mournful love letters about Uh how they couldn't be together because they were, you know, gay. Yeah. And, you know, it it just made him more mad Mm -hmm. at society. He was really, he got, boy, he really started the whole idea of counterculture. I mean, he's not wrong on these ideas. He's wrong about a lot of stuff, though, and we'll get into that. But, I mean, like, people should be able to be drag queens or anything. He did say you should be able to express your gender however you want. Yeah. You should be able to sleep with anyone of any gender as long as they want you to. Yeah. Except he changed his mind about the want you to part, so that's a problem. No, you have to have consent. Oh, he was all for none of that. Well, then it's it's not your will, then, and it's, like, against his own philosophies. Yes, indeed. We'll get into those in a minute. Uh, but pretty much, oh, and he hated women too, so there's that. That's not cool. He was a fucked up dude. He had a lot of great ideas, and we would not, we'll get into all the things he influenced, but pretty much we would not have had the counterculture movement of the 1960s mm-hmm. had it not been for Aleister Crowley, period. Right. And we'll get into why in a little bit. Why? Yeah. So after graduating from Cambridge, Alistair was a full-grown man, and thus he inherited his father's distillery fortune. Cool. Yeah, he thought so, because he went ham when he got this money. Yeah. He was having sex workers daily, sometimes twice a day, writing filthy erotic poetry, doing drugs, (laughs) drinking, partying hard. Living it up. And he was reading books on the occult, like you do. And you know what pisses me off? God, this sounds like my like late teens, early twenties. Yeah. That's exactly what I was doing. All of those things. All the hookers and the blow. 
Well, I wasn't paying for it. Yeah. When you're cute and young, you don't got to pay for it. Yeah. But I was doing a lot of sex and a lot of drugs and reading about weird shit. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't doing that. I was working at a dry cleaner. <laughs> you know what's funny is yeah. I, during that time, I was working at a dry cleaner, too. I wasn't having any fun, though. Like, my, my, my only fun I'd, fun I'd have is watching, like reruns of red dwarf on pbs oh my god how yeah. can i love you you're so lame i'm real lame yeah anyway it was in his early 20s that he discovered there were others like him those interested in the esoteric the hidden mysteries he began to entertain the idea that magic just might be real so he joined a group of magicians and not like the houdini kind oh. okay? Yeah, okay uh called the order of the golden dawn William Yates, who was a famous poet, was a member. It just sounds like a D&D group. It does. And Bram Stoker, who wrote, of course, Dracula. And put on my robe and wizard's hat. They did put on their robe and wizard's hat, <laughs> as a matter of fact. And they had a secret clubhouse. Oh, did they have a secret handshake? I'm sure they did. So this group was like into ancient Egyptian texts, grimoires that were like written in the this Middle Ages. It, it very much is. I cast lightning bolts. Yeah, they you know? do. <laughs> and they were also into the Kabbalah, which of course is Jewish uh, mysticism. So the members of the Golden Dawn really believed they could talk to spirits and summon demons and do all kinds of cool shit like levitate and fly around. All right. And Alistair was like, I am all about this. Yes. He was, he was play, playing a wizard. <laughs> he wanted to play a wizard too. A warlock rather. But he was really kind of still concerned with his family's opinion of him. He's still very young now. He's like in his early 20s. Yeah. And he didn't want to get a bad reputation in town. So, this, God, this is so stupid. Okay. So he disguised himself. Oh. He wore a fake mustache. He put on a wizard's hat. And he put on a crazy robe. Oh, boy. And he, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like crying because it's so stupid. <laughs> and he called himself Count of Vladimir Sverit. I can't disapprove of this. This is Which good. Is so extra. I love this. I love it so I know he much. does bad stuff, but uh, dang. You have to admire his audacity, if nothing else. <laughs> there is a lot of audacity. No one will recognize me in this fake mustache and robe. Uh-huh. And then he proceeded to use the worst fake Russian accent anyone had ever heard. Very good. Yeah. And no one believed no. that he was a Russian count named no. Vladimir. I mean, they didn't really know who he was. They were just He should like, have dressed up as Batman. It would have been better. Yeah. After he'd been to a few meetings as Count Vladimir, oh. he decided that they were all pretty private and secretive, so it was safe to be his true self. So he revealed himself as Aleister Crowley, uh-huh. and the group was like, yeah. Yeah, we know. Okay. But some of them had been fooled because they were dumbass idiots, yeah. and so they were mad at him, and now they didn't think he could be trusted. Well. And this is what I call the beginning of the end for the Order of the Golden Dawn. I really love how this D&D group fell apart. Yeah, he ruined it. So, yeah, they just didn't really trust him. But when he got in, he took the teachings and writings so seriously. He studied like he did when he was a little kid with that Bible. It was just... He he just thought, oh, he was trying little the little rituals that they did every day. Because, okay, in order to learn magic in the mm-hmm. Order of the Golden Dawn, okay. you had to ascend levels within the little secret Just society. like in D&D, okay. Just like in D&D, right? Yeah. You're not high enough level to know that spell. Okay. And so to ascend levels, I'm going to guess it was a lot of kiss and ass. Yeah. They were really dedicated to philosophy. Like, they would sit around to discuss philosophy, which sounds so dull. Boring, yeah. Just all these very mid dudes and their weird RP. Yep. Their weird role play. And then like just talking about, well, actually, I think, oh, God, kill me. Yep. And Alistair didn't like that part. He didn't give a shit. He just he's like, where's the magic, though? Show me the magic tricks. I want to learn them. Right, right. And they were like, no, no. In fact, Alistair was like, I want to learn how to summon demons and like blot out the sun and I'm the beast. Yeah. And everybody was like, dude, chill. And like, we're going to fast and cleanse our bodies and take deep breaths and shit and Mm -hmm. meditate and abstain from sex and alcohol and meat. He wasn't going to have any of that. Alistair was like, eat my whole ass. No, God. Right? Where's the magic? And so. I want to summon, like, raise the dead. (laughs) 
That's pretty good. So you would raise the dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My skeleton army. All right. Yeah. That's enough. This is why you don't get any... any... That's why I don't get to host Power. the show. So no. every day they would, when they got together in their little meetings, they would do like banishing rituals, protection rituals, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Crowley was like, yes, ritual time. But he's like, oh, but these are lame. And so Alistair wasn't like the other members of the mm-hmm. Golden Dawn. He took psychedelic drugs to heighten his experiences. He wanted to talk to demons and ancient gods. He was ambitious and he didn't care what he had to do to gain power and to see these supernatural things for himself. Mm -hmm. Well, the rest of the group didn't fucking like any of that. They were doing things like fasting, like I said, and abstaining and meditating. They were being lame. He was being disrespectful. Well, he kind of was from what I can tell. Playing with fire. Right. Dangerous. So Crowley was impatient. Mm -hmm. He wanted to learn magic right now. And the Order of the Golden Dawn had one rule, pretty much. And that was you couldn't pay another member to teach you magic. And Alistair was nothing if not persuasive and charming. And so he managed to get a member to teach him for a free place to stay. Okay. So they became roommates. In his later writings, Crowley kind of just offhandedly mentions he goes into his roommate's room and sees the guy levitating. Oh, wow. And he talks about it like he was just out for a walk, like it's nothing, you know? I thought that was interesting. I mean, I don't know why it doesn't. Why that one doesn't seem like bullshit? Like, because it's somebody else doing something cool, you know? Not so, him. Again, I believe a lot of the stuff he yeah. says. I believe in a lot of his experiences. But I'll point out where I think he's a big fat liar. Well, I feel like because he's, he's like saying something like someone else did something cool, not himself. Yeah. And he even said at this point he was frustrated. He had been trying to commune. He had gotten no answers. He seemed really honest about his practices. Right. But not honest about his history, if that makes sense. That sounds like a lot of dudes. Yeah. (laughs) So in 1899, Alistair used his inheritance money to buy a mansion in Scotland called the Bullskeen House. Maris saw it when he went to Europe. Yes. I've only traveled abroad once, and I went to the UK, and I spent a weekend in Scotland, and I got... We didn't get to go in, but we did drive past, and the tour guide pointed out... Alistair Crowley's house, which has since been demolished. So I got to see something that doesn't exist anymore. Which is very cool. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, One of the members of Led Zeppelin had actually bought it. Yeah. And said that it was so haunted, you just couldn't even set foot in there. Yeah. I really wish they had tours, but they didn't even have like active tours. No, it was in a terrible state and had been like vandalized quite heavily. Uh, Yeah. So why did he buy this house? He bought it for one reason only. And that was to perform the Abramelin operation. This is one of the most complicated occult rituals in existence. It takes six months to complete. It's important in the ritual to face the correct directions when doing your invocations, which is why he bought the house. It, it, it faced a good direction. Yeah. That and privacy. You can't leave the house once the ritual begins. To start the ritual, you must abstain from sex, meat, drugs, and alcohol. You must fast and meditate to make the body pure. Every day you perform rituals to summon good spirits, demons, and eventually your higher guardian angel. Some people believe it's an actual angel. Others believe it is your higher self. Mm -hmm. Once the summoning is complete, you may ask the guardian angel for something. Okay. You'll make a wish, pretty much, like Mm -hmm. a genie. All right. Crowley was very determined to do this. Mm-hmm. It should be noted, he attempted it three times. Mm-hmm. He was unable to do the ritual the first time. Right. He got bored yeah. with the fasting and the abstaining and the rituals that he did every single day. Uh-huh. Uh, he thought it was stupid and um, unnecessary in a lot of the steps. He also had no signs. Usually while you're performing the ritual, you will Mm -hmm. get signs that it's working. Mm -hmm. Little synchronicities, strange noises, shadow people, that kind of shit. Knocks on the floor and walls, and he didn't get anything. And so he was just really, really frustrated. In fact, he'd never had a supernatural experience in his life up to this point. Mm. None. Mm Mm-hmm. So he abandoned it, and some rumors started spreading amongst the Order of the Golden Dawn and throughout the countryside that he had just opened a portal to hell, pretty much. 
Okay. Because he didn't complete the ritual and left mm. it open. Right, which you're not supposed to do. Never. So that's why that house is haunted. Okay. That's what people think anyway. Yeah, all right. Because he didn't do... A lot of people assume it's because he did a lot of his crazy shit there. He actually didn't do any crazy shit there. Other than that thing. Sure, but it's not that crazy. Okay. (laughs) It's not as crazy as the shit he does later. Right, okay. It's not illegal, at least. No, I mean, you're just being a weirdo in your own house, I guess. Yeah. He would attempt it again, and it went poorly, and he got sick or something. The third time he attempted it, he claimed to have completed it. However, there's a caveat. He was on the back of a camel in Asia, in China, actually, at the time. And he pictured doing the abramelin operation in his head. Okay. And said that there were many shortcuts you could make that didn't affect the operation's success or failure. And uh, this is kind of in part where he got some of the ideas for the religion he would later start. Okay, okay. So that's his history with the Abramelin operation. And if you want to ask me, an occultist, um, number one, I have never attempted it, nor would I. It's ridiculous and takes too long and no thanks. It's It's dangerous. It's just for a wish. Like, that's the goal, right? Yeah, and it's dangerous as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Whether you believe in this shit or not, I don't really care. Uh, Number two, I do not believe Alistair, that counts. So fuck you, buddy. Mm -hmm. So moving on. Yeah, moving on. Yeah. One of the members of Led Zeppelin, like I said later, bought that house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to look up which one, and for some reason I couldn't find it. It was not Robert Plant. Okay, okay. That's, so that would be my guess. Thing. It That's was like the, the it was the guitarist or bassist. Okay, okay. I can't. I don't fucking I just know. Got annoyed with my searching. So it's just full of demons now. Yeah. In 1903, Aleister Crowley married a woman named Rose Edith Kelly. They knew each other for literally less than one day mm-hmm. before tying the knot. Rose was a young widow, and she had been kind of like, she was kind of in an arranged marriage situation. She wasn't married yet, but she'd been engaged to a man her parents picked out for her mm-hmm. because being a widow meant you should just crawl in the grave with your husband right. back then because you're useless mm-hmm. unless you're some man's property. So they had managed to arrange a good marriage for her right, to save her reputation and social standing. Mm-hmm. But she did not love him and she didn't want to get married. And she was bitching to Alistair, who she'd just met about this. And he's like, well, come run away with me and let's elope. Right. Bad idea. Uh, well, it worked. And that's what she did. Yeah. I think she fell in love with him immediately. Well, he by the way. seems he's a he's a personality guy. Yeah, he's very charming. So for their honeymoon, they went to Egypt, and instead of like you know a, a cool like hotel or like fun experience like tourists there, he took her into a dark cave in the desert. Sounds like very romantic. And there he started reading from a grimoire. Oh dear. Known as the Lesser Key of Solomon. What's he doing? Well, he's trying to summon some demons. Sounds like something you do on your honeymoon. Sure. So he was trying to summon the Egyptian god Horus. Okay. And he was demanding that he appear very arrogantly, like he did. That's not how you should address no And of course, nothing was happening. Uh And Rose... Who knows how she felt about about all this? I'd be freaked out. I'd be a little freaked out. I mean... Like if if when we the day we first met, I brought you back to my house, and I'm like, hold still, I'm drawing some sigils, yeah. and I'm gonna start chanting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's one way to charm someone, but I don't think you'd have been into it. I think you'd have freaked you out real bad. I'd be like, oh god, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna be sacrificed to it by a satanic call to save me. Say no, okay, yeah. But so she was just like, eh, whatever. But then all of a sudden, her head snaps back. Okay, she's not really in control of her body. Yeah, and she sees a vision and hears a voice booming in her head oh dear she knew it was the egyptian god horus Uh uh-huh what's funny is that alistair despite practicing magic had again never successfully summoned anything he'd never even seen a ghost or heard a bump in the night Mm -hmm. so when rose did this he thought she she was making fun of him yeah and he's a misogynist it couldn't possibly be a woman that got picked yeah, yeah. But Rose insisted over and over. She's like, no, really, I see something and I hear it too. Yeah. And she's trying to tell him the message. It's really important. But, and she said, he's like, well, they're not talking to me. I don't believe this. She's like, they're not talking to you because you're arrogant. Ah. The gods and the spirits were angry with him and didn't want to talk to him because he was so arrogant. Yeah, I mean, fair. Because they're like, he's got a bad vibe and yeah. we're out. Yeah, does yeah, not yeah. pass the vibe check. He's kind mm-hmm. of a cunt. So yep. I don't want to talk to this asshole. 
And, you know, that's fair. You have to have respect. Despite her insisting over and over and over again, Alistair still didn't believe her at all because he was a prick. Yeah. He had to, like, make her prove it. So he got this idea and he took her to a, like, natural history museum there in Egypt. Mm -hmm. And there was, like, a grouping of statues. And he's like, okay, if you saw Horus, pick him out. Which one of the statues is he? He's a falcon one, right? Yes. Yeah. And he's the one with the head of a falcon. She went, now she had no knowledge of any of no, this. No, there's no internets back in this time. No. And women weren't really educated. Right, right. Not usually like, in why, the Victorian they, era. Yeah, teach you Egyptian You gods. just pop out baby, don't need thought. Right. Yeah, do what, do what you're told. Mm-hmm. And so she immediately picked out Horus. Mm-hmm. And when they looked at the exhibit number card at the base of the statue, it's number red six 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 <gasps> dang it was a sign yeah. he had never received a sign before yeah and he could feel it you know he tingled yeah. all over he could feel that this was something yeah because it was his nickname the beast right yeah, yeah. so they had rented an apartment in cairo for their honeymoon because remember he has like a whole fuck ton of money and he's right. just throwing it around like an idiot all the time mm-hmm. and they they hurried back to the apartment to talk about what had fucking just gone down it was some weird wild shit mm-hmm. and they got a yap about it in private mm-hmm. and it was there that rose told him that horace had spoken to him and that she was given instructions to perform a ritual to talk to yet more spirits. And these instructions should be given to Alistair right away. Right. And I know by this point, dear teabags, you're listening to this. and You're like, you know what? This guy's fucking cool as shit. No, he's not. You're like, he's a fucking number one. He's a wizard. And that's rad. Uh, it could two, have been cool, but I know he gets weirder. And he's better. doing drugs. He's fucking chicks. He's the bisexual icon we did not know we needed. Right. Put the brakes on those thoughts, friends. Yeah. This is going to go downhill in the worst way. Yeah. He turns into a real turd. Yeah. The beast nickname fits. Let's just put it that way. Anyway, he performed this ritual and could hear a voice from over his shoulder. And it was his higher guardian angel, Iwas. Uh-huh. Over the next three days, the angel visited Crowley and made him write down a bunch of information. He would go on to publish these writings in a book, and he called it the Book of the Law. And so one of the famous quotes you've probably heard from this book, but don't know where it's from, is, Do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Right. And what that means is go ham, do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. To yourself and with yourself. Now, this is important to say you can't go around like murdering and like, you know. Well, I know he does a, a bunch of stuff that's against people's wills. So oh, that's sure. why it's bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. But it's supposed to be like you mess with your own life, not someone else's, right? Right. And yeah, I, I mean, I get it. It's fine. I think that's a fine do as thou wilt. That's, yeah, do it. Yeah. Knock yourself out, homie. Leave that man. Yeah, you don't need him, girl. You don't need him, girl, no. No. So when he got back from his crazy-ass honeymoon, he just couldn't wait to tell the lads at the Order of the Golden Dawn. Oh, what the lads. Seen. Yeah, I call them the lads. <laughs> the boys, you the know. The boys, yeah. Some of them were just outright furious, believing he was messing with nasty stuff and demons were lying to him. Some were annoyed because they just didn't believe him and thought he was full of shit. And Crowley had been trying for years to ascend to the next level in the Golden Dawn. He couldn't gain a level. <laughs> they refused to promote him, to graduate yeah. him any higher. You're just a level zero character, man. So he wasn't having that shit. He's like, you know what? I had a fucking revelation. Uh-huh. I wrote a whole book about it. And you cunts won't let me ascend. I'm going to Paris. So he goes to Paris to the order, like the head of the order there. Uh-huh. Like they had different, you know, sects of the order all around the world. All right, he's going to go join this other D&D group. Yeah, so he goes to the other D&D group and he's like, look, man, I, I fucking talked to Iwas and everything. Horus, and I uh, am a fucking wizard now. Yeah, he's a wizard now. And they're not ascending me because they're fucking pricks. They're jelly. And the guy goes, Menno. <laughs> wow, that's French. some good French. Uh, merci. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't do that. And he was like, well, we, we'll fix you up, brother man. He's like, here's your certificate. You're ascended to the next level. Dang. So Alistair goes back to the Golden Dawn in England. And he's like, looky, look, look. 
I got it. He gained, could, he's I leveled, sinned. He's, he leveled up. And they're like, fuck you and your certificate. You oh. don't ascend shit, oh. bitch. You're a black magician and we don't like it. Dang. And so he got really pissed off. Okay. And he changed all the locks in the clubhouse <laughs> and then hung his head out the window and laughed at them when they couldn't get inside. Really? He really did that? You're not making this up? I am not making this that up. That is the stupidest <laughs> so shit petty. I've ever heard. So petty. Oh, my God. So he was promptly kicked out of the order permanently. <laughs> they got a locksmith and they said, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Crowley's next exploit was to take his friends mountain climbing. This okay. is so terrible. I feel like bad stuff's going to happen. This is where it all goes downhill, friends. Literally. Literally downhill. Literally, yeah. Oh. He took them to Mount, oh gosh, Kanjinjunga. Okay. It is in Asia, and it is the third highest mountain in the world. It's oh. a treacherous and deadly dangerous climb. Oh. <laughs> when they got to about 20,000 feet, a young French photographer, ho, 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 yeah, who was part of the group, started bitching that Crowley was just like being a dick and pushing them all too hard and being dangerous. I believe him. That sounds right. And reckless. Yeah. 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 And he's going to get them all killed. And the rest of the group was like, you know what? Fuck yeah. You fuck this guy. Yeah. And Crowley was like, I'm staying up here in my tent. Y'all better not do that. It's going to be a I'm bad a time. <laughs> and they and they were like, he's like, it's a bad idea. You're putting yourselves in danger going back down the mountain. And they're like, eat turds. Uh-huh. And then a horrible accident happened <gasps> and three of them were killed. Oh, no. Yeah. And Crowley was just like, mm. Mm. whatever i summoned a storm <laughs> and everybody else like everyone blamed him for this accident and said that he had summoned a demon to kill them i was close what he'd really done is he'd heard the start of an avalanche okay waited for it to be over yeah peeked out of his tent saw that the group was probably buried and dying in the snow and he just went fuck them and went back in his tent Wow. Because he's a petty cunt. Well, I, I'm, I'm not trying to play, be devil's advocate, but here's a thought. Maybe it would be dangerous if he went after No, him. that's not what he said in the book. He said oh. he knew he could have helped him, and he didn't because he didn't pity them. Fuck them pretty much. Oh, okay. That's that's mean. He said, I feel no pity for them at all. I mean, to be, no, none of them should be up there. Don't climb mountains is the real, real lesson. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Don't do it. Mm. Just stay home. Stay home. Yeah. So Alistair had two children with Rose. That her, the their first daughter died when she was only two, and they went on to kind of have an, another child to try and save their marriage because his wife lost her bananas like after the death of her child. Yeah. Um, and that they had another daughter named Lola Zaza, and I, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Very much. It's a very good name. Uh, how and of course it has occult references. I'm not going to explain every little occult thing in here. We'd be here all night, y'all. Right. Um, but Zaza is typically like Zozo. It's it's a kind it's of an the name indication of a demon. Or of a demon. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, usually the demon is Azel. Oh. Yeah. It uh, their marriage was just over though. Nothing would save it. They divorced in 1909, and only two years later, Rose was committed by Alistair because she apparently had lost her mind, largely due to her drinking problems. Mm. Thus, the pattern of him ruining every life he had close association with begins. Yeah, no one could be a lover or friend of Alistair without having their entire life just fucking destroyed. Right, the beast. The beast. Alistair didn't bother raising his daughter Lola mm -hmm. or his th other children that he has. Yeah. He sent her to a boarding school, and when school wasn't in session, he just hired nannies. Yeah. And he was rarely, if ever, around. He started his own secret society and religion he called Thelema. The Book of the Law was their Bible, and he was their God, pretty much. Okay. He bought a villa in Italy, and they called it the Abbey of Thelema, and this is where he had his weird occult practices with his followers. Alistair had effectively started a cult. Followers of Thelema that lived in the villa were encouraged to do any depraved thing they could think of. There were constant orgies. Mm. And yes, children lived in this villa. Oh, boy. And now people have accused him of molesting children or even sacrificing them don't believe the sacrificing bit. Do I think some not nice stuff with children was going on? I do. Yeah. Um, given like the magical practices he talks about later and I'll, I'll list his crimes according to me, why he should be canceled. Yes. Um, and this is certainly one of them. Yeah. So 
there was that. I don't want to get into it, so I'm leaving it at that. They also did copious amounts of drugs, and they drank themselves into stupors. Mm-hmm. Alistair had a room in the Abbey he called the Nightmare Room. Oh. Here he drew, like, horrifying graffiti of every bad dream monster that he'd ever had. And, boy, they were scary. Mm-hmm. He would then force his followers to take LSD and sit in that room until they were no longer afraid of anything. Wow. It's a yeah. weird thing to do. Yeah, scary. Naturally, Crowley's neighbors hated his guts. <laughs> yeah, I would hate his guts, too, if I was his neighbor. Mm-hmm. To this day, the Abbey of Thelema is said to be haunted and cursed and full of demons, and it's abandoned and no one will live there. Hmm. It is rumored that Alistair engaged in sexual acts with animals like goats and horses. This was done for magical ritual purposes. It was said animal sacrifice was included as well. He also engaged in ritual sex magic. And this is a releasing and mixing of bodily fluids and then consuming those fluids as a form of energy and power. Hence all the orgies. Yeah, yeah. Blech. Now, the bestiality would have been from um, some Jewish alchemy. That we're talking like from the biblical times and even that may predate that, which is where you mix semen and horse dung in a horse's ass. What? To, to, like with your dick. <gasps> so that way you can create a homunculus. Blech. That is the grossest thing I've ever... A blech, homunculus blech, blech. is a little entity that you use part of your body, like skin, hair, or cum, and then it mixes with other stuff and it makes a little goblin guy. I don't ever know. People gotta stop. Cancel humanity. Oh, goodness. That's strong words. Yep, yep, yep. That's strong words. Yeah. So one of his many lovers, a woman named Leah, had a bit of a nervous breakdown after one of these intense and disgusting rituals. She immediately went to the press, the British press, and told them a member of the cult died after drinking a large quantity of cat blood. I need bleach for my ears. It is around this time Aleister Crowley is dubbed the most wicked man alive. Yep. Well, the police were called because of that article. Yes. And they kicked everyone out of the Thelema Abbey and he was banned from ever returning. Yeah, okay, good. So Aleister thought it was time to go to the good old U.S. of A., to spread the teachings of Thelema. Yeah. He, he inspired a lot of people. What, what you do to horses. <laughs> and got them into the occult, including the father of rocket science, mm-hmm. Jack Parsons. No. Yes. He'd met Aleister Crowley, and this guy got so into the occult, it's what gave, like, some kind of demon gave him the idea for rockets, and then he blew himself up. I did not expect this turn. Again... The Crowley curse strikes. Yeah. He inspired L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, the guy the from... The founder of Scientology. The guy I said from before that I didn't know was connected to Crowley. He is. Oh. He met him. Yep. So you think all the communing with spirits, the cults, the adoration of followers would see Alistair doing quite well in his later years, but you'd be wrong. Yeah. All those nasty deals with nasty entities he made finally caught up with him. In his later years, he lived alone in a rundown boarding house addicted to heroin. Mm. Buying all those mansions and villas and partying around the world and buying enough drugs to kill 4,000 elephants had completely drained his inheritance, and Crowley was broke. Right. After he hadn't been seen in London in years, people started speculating that he died of a drug overdose. Right. But in fact, Alistair had met a young woman named Deirdre McClellan. He, like, had met her after he had given some kind of interview or something and she was waiting outside like outside like a deranged fan because she was okay and she said i'm your biggest fan i've read all of your teachings and writings and i want to have your baby and he's like okay well he didn't like being a father like at all right but he was like i am effectively homeless and dying yeah so he's like okay So she took him home, but instead of, like, doing the deed right there, he was in no shape to do jack fuck all. Right. He was a dying old man. He was gross and crusty. He probably couldn't get it up. So she nursed him back to health and helped him get clean. 
She sat with him through his horrible withdrawals where he's like puking and shitting himself. Awesome. And then once clean and sober, they had a son together. Yeah. That he named Alistair Ataturk Crowley. Okay. And this child changed him. It turned the beast into a lamb, I suppose. That's dumb. I hate For the first ending. time in his life, and I think it was his first son, so the misogyny again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, now I truly know that I was only being selfish before. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, see, it just rings very hollow. Yeah. But before you get any soft feelings for this guy, he advoc- here's, here's a list of his terrible deeds. Okay. He advocated rape. Mm-mm. He abandoned four children. Well, one of them died, so three. He caused people to have psychotic breakdowns. He was a liar and a charlatan more than he was a prophet. He was a raging misogynist. He was racist and anti-Semitic. And look at all the bullshit he started, like Scientology. He did unspeakable things to animals, I think. That, too. Yeah. He was cruel to animals. He fetishized women of color. Yeah. God, he was gross. Gross, gross, gross. Oh, he's classist, too, because he was a rich boy. Oh, right, right, right. Uh-huh, and he looked down on the rest of us as just, like, garbage people. Well. Now, I've skipped, if, so there's going to be inevitably people who are big Aleister Crowley stands. Kiss my ass, don't care. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all I have to say to you. I'm rubber and you're glue, etc. Yeah. Um, and we'll note that I've skipped over some stuff. Yeah, he did a lot of shit. Not all of it was really particularly interesting. Here's one example. In World War One, he was a spy for the British. And you may cite, my God, Lillian, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. But he didn't do anything. And wow. I'll get, here's, he applied for the position, first of all. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what he used as his experience in spying? Wizardry. He said he'd snuck into a secret society with a good disguise. Oh, the Count right. Vladimir That's shit. That's good, yeah. Where he's like, Dos Vidonia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yet. Like, I probably do a better Russian accent yeah. than that idiot. But yeah, he didn't do anything, so I don't want to talk about it. He started a, another cult, and I'm not going to get into that because he was old and it didn't really do anything either. Mm-hmm. They're still around. Google it if you're curious. Why would you be? Um, just cult's bad. And cult's bad. Cult's bad. So, I mean, I could I could go on and on about this guy for, like, it would take, like, four episodes to cover everything. I covered what I considered the most interesting parts. Right. Like, I'm not going to get into his giant, like, revelations and conversations with the Egyptian god Toth. Yeah, That's yeah. the ibis bird-headed one. Right. I think I kind of remember some of Yeah, that. that's kind of where he got most of Thelema from, but I'm just not getting into it. He was supposedly the chosen one, mm-hmm. like a next kind of Jesus type of thing. Well, so. I mean, he, was, he was very influential. Well, I'm going to get into how influential he was right now. Love him or hate him, horny and horrible though he was, his influence continued long past his death. The entire counterculture of the hippie free love movement from the 60s was completely inspired by the Book of the Law and Thelema. Like, mm-hmm. no, it was. That's who the movement leaders were reading. Right. Even John Lennon was into his teachings and called him a hero. Right. I know he was on the cover of Sgt. Pepper's. He's on the cover of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Led Zeppelin referenced him. They engraved his name on one of their records. So did David Bowie. Mm -hmm. He influenced our culture in ways we don't even realize. Even movies like Hereditary probably wouldn't have been made if Crowley hadn't popularized the lesser key of Solomon, where the demon Paimon comes from. And like The Exorcist, you can include that one. Right, Zozo or something. It's so culturally influential on our counterculture movements. Like the goth counterculture movement Mm -hmm. wouldn't exist without Crowley. Because like The Cure, Susie and the Banshees, Depeche Mode, all of them are into his writings and shit. You can see it referenced in a lot of their work. Right. So if you like horror movies, we just wouldn't have modern horror the way that we do without Aleister Crowley. We wouldn't have had the free love thing. And consequently, we probably wouldn't have had... Um, the 70s, the social justice movement. Yeah. So it's horrible. It's just weird. He, it's he's just, just weird. weird yeah, guy, yeah, it's good know? and bad. Like, yeah. He was a very complicated person. I don't like to villainize him completely. I mean, I'm he's a piece of shit, and I hope he's in hell. I, I'm going to assume that's where he's at. Uh, but, I mean, some of his ideas were good. Mm-hmm. And if you read, like, the book of uh, the law, it 
he did things against his own teachings. Yeah. Because everything you were doing, you're supposed to do with love. Mm -hmm. And that putting yourself first just means that you can better be, you can't pour from an empty cup. So you're being nice to, yeah. Going down in a plane and you have the oxygen mask, you have to do yours first before you can do your own kid. So you can stay awake to save them. Yeah. Yes. And so, like, I I appreciate, like, look, every young person who's ever gotten into the occult has read Crowley. I did. Uh Pretty much second book I read on the occult. I actually got a whole lesser key of Solomon first, but it made no sense to me. So I read Crowley. Explains it really good. His autobiography and all that shit, super interesting. I'm going to link some of his some of his books i recommend you read them they're just really fascinating he lived an interesting life and i'm also going to link to you guys uh the behind the bastards like i think it's a two-parter on crowley right it's really good yeah i I, the y files did one on it i liked it was fun yeah and they got a little more into the magic bits Mm -hmm. um i i'm just not gonna do that because no this episode would be too long (laughs) yeah i wanted to get the juicy bits yeah why he's horny and horrible and how he influenced everything that's the shocking part to me yeah so anyway i'm not gonna have too much business time this episode's going long already join our patreon and discord yeah you won't be sorry you'll get more episodes also there is going to be an amazon wish list because people want to buy mara snacks you've requested it I'm fine with people wanting to do that for me. That's rad. He just really wants some zebra cakes. I just okay? fucking love zebra cakes. Like the zebra rolls. Like are the little, the, good. Yeah, the roll versions, yeah, not the little square ones. I mean, ones I'll or take whatever. them all. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he's not bad. He's, a beggar's cannot be no. choosers of zebra cakes. No, no. Yeah, so there we go. Um, but other than that, if all you can do to support this podcast is listen, thank you so much. We appreciate you. And if you're on YouTube, please hit like and subscribe. You can comment. You can hit the little notification bell. It just pushes us up in the algorithm so that maybe one day we can actually be paid actual money for doing yeah. this podcast. I'll do it for cake, though. Maris will do anything for cake. True. He's a cake slut. Yes, true. And with that, goodbye. Bye. Us on your social media platform of choice. Linktree slash cruelty has all of the links. Check out our Patreon for exclusive episodes, merch, ad-free episodes, live ghost hunts, and much more. Please be sure to subscribe. New episodes are uploaded weekly. Thank you so much. See you next time. Music and production by Libby.